Hello, this is Pastor Raymond Rivers of the Gospel Light Free Will Baptist Church in Clear, Alabama, and you're listening to the Bible Beacon Podcast. I'm so glad that you've tuned in as we're going to share from the Word of God today something that I believe will brighten your day and show you the way that God would have you to walk. I found out in life I have a lot of questions. As a matter of fact, I have a lot of questions that I ask a lot of times. I'm sure you're probably the same way. You may not ask them out loud, maybe just silently, mentally you ask that question. But one question that has been asked on many occasions, whether privately, in the mind, or in public, the question is, why has Jesus not yet come again? Well, I believe that that the Lord Jesus has promised that He is coming again. But I also believe that God's Word gives us an excellent answer of why He has not yet come. This past weekend, I preached a message entitled, that same title, Why Jesus Has Not Yet Come Again. I believe that it's not very much longer, and I say that relatively speaking. I have no clue when Jesus is coming. It may be another 10 years. Uh, But when I say it's uh, getting closer, it is. We're closer today to the rapture than we were yesterday. But again, how close, I don't know. I do know that we are getting closer. And in this message, I share a very important thought uh, and a very helpful answer to this question of why has Jesus not yet come? So I hope that you will enjoy this message Uh, that I shared with our church in Calera, Alabama, the Gospelite Free Will Baptist Church. And as I share it with you, may it brighten your day and show you the way and challenge you to live for Jesus. Next, on the Bible Beacon Podcast. If you will, I'd like for you to turn with me to the book of James tonight. James chapter uh, 5. I uh, told you this morning that I was going to preach a message that I feel that everybody in America needs to hear. And I, I don't say that arrogantly. I would love to be able to preach it to all the skeptics today. There's a lot of people uh, that are uh, skeptical of uh, and criticizing of Christianity. Uh, They want to make fun of it, and uh, but I want to talk to them. And maybe tonight there's one that is a skeptic. Maybe be listening. Can I tell you something? Jesus loves you, and so do we. You may believe differently than we do right now, but that doesn't change anything in the sense that uh, God's love is still eternal. He loves you today, and that will never change. He loves you with an everlasting love. Uh, But I I believe tonight the subject that I'm going to be covering, people are skeptical of and love to be able to talk with them about it. I believe that there are people out there, some who may have gone to church all their lives, but some of them are are still not saved. I'd love to be able to talk to you about uh, salvation. And then for every Christian uh, who is seeking to serve God with all their heart, and yet they are suffering through persecution and difficulties, I would love to be able to preach to them and talk to them tonight and encourage them. And and I'm thankful that through this technology of of, uh, social media, we can do that and I hope tonight that uh, you'll you'll listen to what God has to say. 
I hope that you will share this uh, video uh, with your loved ones and people, even in your church, because I'm going to answer a question tonight that I think is vitally important. I hope that you'll share this and even go back and watch it again yourself, and I hope that it'll be a blessing to you. It will challenge you, encourage you, teach you. Uh, if you're lost, it'll convict you. If you're backslidden, it will convict you as well. And I hope tonight that God would use me uh, to be a blessing to you. I don't claim to be the most eloquent of all speakers. Uh, I just simply try to do what the Lord tells me to do. And I hope tonight that you'll get a blessing from it all. I would like for you to look with me in the book of James chapter 5 and verse 7. James chapter 5 and verse 7 says, Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Tonight I'd like to preach a message simply entitled, Why Jesus Has Not Yet Come Again. Most people are not going to deny the fact that Jesus has already come. He has come to this earth and was born a little baby. Even though Jesus has always been, we know that at that moment He came in the first Christmas night is what He was referred to as the incarnation. He came and took upon Himself human flesh. He lived 33 and a half uh, years or so. He was crucified, risen again, and, uh, and ascended to heaven. But before He ascended, He told His disciples that He was coming again. And my friends, I believe that with all of my heart. But there's a lot of people who after 2,000 years are wondering where He's at. There's a lot of skeptics tonight that want to say that He is not coming. People want to say we've gotten all wrong, that we've preached it for all these years. But I believe tonight that God has given us an answer. And I want to preach to us tonight on that subject. Heavenly Father, I ask you now in the name of Jesus that you'd help this preacher. Lord, I pray that you'd make me a blessing and a help. Lord, an evangelist. And Lord, to those that are lost. Lord, uh, someone who warns the backslidden and someone who encourages the believer. And Father, for all that you do, God will give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is coming again. There are many who do not agree with me on this subject. They believe that He is not coming at all. That it's just a story. There are some people who do not even believe that Jesus even exists at all. Even amongst people who are Christian Bible believers, there are still differences of opinions and beliefs among those who, who really believe that Jesus is coming again. While I respect these men, even though we differ on timing of the great event, which I refer to as the rapture, I must be true to what I believe what the Scriptures are saying. One of the reasons for the differences, I believe, uh, of opinion is simply because after so many uh, centuries of preaching concerning this great event known as the rapture, Jesus has still yet to come. There are many people who are wondering why. 
And I believe that's a fair question. I believe it's an important question. But praise be unto God, He has given us the answer in His Word of why He has not yet come. One that I feel that I believe because of so much skepticism that we need to look into that message this evening. I want us to kind of break these thoughts down a little bit and hopefully it will simplify uh, everything uh, a whole lot easier for you. I want you to see, first of all, the undeniable fact that Jesus is coming. The undeniable fact that Jesus is coming. I realize that some people don't believe in Jesus. Some have not trusted Jesus. I believe there are people who don't believe that He's coming back. But according to what the Word of God says, He is coming. It's an undeniable fact. Verse 7 says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. It is a foregone conclusion. It is a fact uh, that is stated very firmly that He is coming again. He says, unto the coming of the Lord. He says to be patient, to persevere, to endure until He comes. I want you to understand that it is undeniable that it is a clearly declared and foretold statement that Jesus Christ is coming. While there is no statement as to when, it is clear that James believed in and looked for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus, I mean, James is writing here, notice when he says here in verse 7, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. He uses the word unto or till, and he doesn't use the word if. He doesn't deny the fact that Jesus is coming. Jesus even himself told him in Acts chapter 1 and verse 11, which also said, this is the... The angels that are actually speaking, but Jesus sends the message through these angels, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. Jesus is coming back. Yes, there are many who deny both the rapture and the second coming. And just a little caveat here, the rapture and the second coming are two separate events. They are separated by seven years. However, you will never find in the Bible that Jesus will not eventually come. And regardless of what your eschatology is or your doctrine uh, or beliefs of future events, you've got to realize that Jesus Christ is coming. Notice he says again in verse 7, he says, unto the coming of the Lord. Uh, uh, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. It's a promise right there. Hey, uh, now this is not a James writing. 1 Thessalonians was written by the Apostle Paul. Again, another one that was inspired to write the Word of God. Yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is coming again. I've banked everything that I have, everything that I am on it, and I believe that. I believe it's an undeniable fact. Number two, I want to preach to you tonight of the unending endurance we are to have till he comes. When you read in chapter 5 of James, verses 7 through 11, over and over and over again, we see the express commands of what God has told us to do in enduring. What do you mean, Brother Raymond? Well, look at verse 7. What's the first two words? Be patient. 
That means to be long-spirited, to persevere patiently, to endure. He says the same thing in verse 8. Be ye also patient. Let me tell you something. There have been other people who have been patient in the past, enduring in their faith, walking with the Lord till He took them home. And until God takes you home, whether by death or in the rapture, can I tell you something tonight? you got to be patiently uh, enduring for the Lord God Almighty. And then he goes on in verse 8. He says, establish your heart. Make your heart stable, firm, strengthen. How do I do that, Brother Raymond? Take vitamins? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about spiritually, that you get in the Word of God and let the Word of God get in you. You, uh, you uh, pray. You sing praises and worship to God. Strengthen your heart in this day and age of deception and cruelty and, and, and corruption. God wants your heart to be strong. And the only way that it can be strong is filling it with the bread of life, the Word of God. And I believe that with all of my heart. He has given us some more express commands in verse 9. He says, Grudge not one against another. Brethren, lest ye be condemned, behold, the judge standeth before the door. I'm going to tell you, I realize that there are lost people out there, and some even hate Jesus, and they hate Christianity and Christians, ones that follow Jesus Christ. But you know why? God's told us to continue to love our enemies, continue to love those who mistreat us, but sometimes even amongst our family, the family of God, things kind of get a little off kelter. The Bible says that we're not to grudge against them. That means that we're not to mumble. We ought to get along. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love one to another. Uh, he goes on to say, Behold, the judge standeth before the, ju uh, the door. Let me tell you something. God sees everything that you do. And then he comes and gives us a command that I believe is quite interesting. In verse 10, he says, Take my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. He's talking about enduring. Uh, we are to keep on unending in our endurance and our commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, I want to give you an example. Look at all the prophets. Look what they went through. Look at Jeremiah and others. Look what they went through, and yet they endured and continued on. That's what God is telling you and I to do today. He also comes and he tells us in the last part of uh, verse or uh, first part of verse 11, behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job. Now, all of a sudden, he goes into all the prophets and picks one out very particular, and it is the prophet Job. We look at Job and he says, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. And so therefore today, I want to encourage you that you need, my friend, to endure patiently, persevere, because that's what God has shared with us, an express command. But he gives us some examples in the midst of all of this about endurance or patience. He says in verse 7, Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold the husbandman, that means farmer, waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it until he receive their early and latter rain. God has given us a command that we need to have unending endurance in our faith and our commitment to Christ. One of the examples he gives us is a farmer. That farmer is the Lord God Almighty. How do I know that, Brother Raymond? Well, the Bible tells us that uh, he is... Uh, 
uh, a farmer there in 1 Corinthians 15. I'll look at, I'm at 1 John 15, rather. I want you to realize tonight that uh, God has given us these examples. Example of a prophet. Example of the prophet in particular, Job. And then also of the example of a farmer. I'm so thankful tonight. Uh, so very thankful for what God has done and given us the examples that He has. But then I want you to see something else. In the midst of all of this, God says, I want you to endure. I want you to hang on. I want you to hang in there, as someone once said. And I want you to get this. And He says, I want you to understand, thirdly, the unknown nearness of His coming. I don't know how much longer we're going to have to endure. I don't know how long you're going to be on this earth. But I do know this, however long it may be, God wants you and I uh, to be knowing that the Lord's coming is nearer than it ever has been. Notice he says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. While it is clear that it's coming again and that it is never given a date, we are never told that exactly when Jesus is coming. I want you to realize in Matthew 24, verse 36, the Bible says, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So we don't know when Jesus is coming again. But we also realize that while it is clear that He is coming, uh, we don't know when He's coming, but we know when it does, boom, it's going to happen in a moment. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 52, in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. I want you to understand tonight night, uh, Susan and Hannah's here and, and I thank God for them and sometimes if we're not careful we'll preach to the camera and everybody that's watching on the camera but I want my wife and I want my daughter to be understanding that the Lord is getting closer he says in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, in less than a moment he is going to uh, be here uh, when he comes, okay? I don't know when that's going to happen, I wished I did, but the Bible says be ye also patient there in verse 8. Establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. When is He coming? I don't know. But God's Word clearly says it's getting closer and closer every day. Today, we are closer to the coming of the Lord, the rapture, than we were just yesterday. I'm thankful for that. But then, I want you to see something. I told you that I was trying to answer a question tonight. What is that question, Brother Raymond? And that question is why Jesus has not yet come again. And I believe as we get to this last point, it will really solidify some thoughts in your mind and heart, or at least I trust that it will. The fourth thing I want you to see tonight is the unfailing desire of a large harvest at His coming. God wants a large harvest. As I mentioned, He is a farmer. He's the husbandman. John 15, 1. I'm the true vine and my Father is the husbandman. Uh, James chapter 5 and verse 7 says, Behold, the husbandman, the farmer, waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. From what I understand, I've never been to Israel. Uh, I would love to be able to go someday. Uh, but, uh, you know, right now that's just not, uh, you know, in the budget, so to speak. But from what I've been told, there are two major growing seasons, and it would receive the, uh, the early rains, and then some of it would grow uh, from the latter rains. 
There was two growing seasons and a, and a farmer would want to get all that he could out of both of those crops. I really believe that's why Jesus has not been told by the Father to come yet because he is a husbandman. He is a farmer and he wants the biggest crop possible. Look at verse 11. Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job. And my friends, why would a farmer not want to have pay, uh, a big crop? He looks at Job and he says, Job was a man of great patience, a man of great endurance. He kept on even though it was a struggle at times. But you know what? God is saying, listen, Christian, I want you to hold on. I want you to hang in there. Because he says there are people on your planet that are lost on their way to a burning hell. And he says, I'm trying to give them as much time as possible. I want to have the biggest harvest of souls that is possible. And my friends, God is coming. He says in verse 11 that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. That doesn't mean that God is sorry. What that means is God is full of pity and merciful. And my friends, I believe with all of my heart that God is wanting a big harvest. For God so loved the world. That's how big His harvest is. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And for all of you preachers that pastors in the smaller churches, sometimes you feel like your ministry doesn't measure up to maybe the, the ministry of a bigger church. But can I tell you something? We live in a world and God wants that every inhabitant of that world to be saved. But you know and I know that there will be people Maybe majority of those people who refuse the gospel, refuse Jesus, and turn and walk the other way. But you know what? There are enough out there that are going to receive the gospel. And we have been commanded to preach the gospel because God wants the biggest harvest as possible. Second Peter 3, 9, as I mentioned this morning, the last part of that verse says, Not willing. This is talking about God. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Titus 2, verse 11 for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. Recently that thought of how God is uh, a lot of people say that God only died or Jesus only died for some people but let me tell you something. I'll tell you who Jesus died for. He died for all people because He loves all people tonight. I believe tonight that there's a lot of people who are wondering why has Jesus not come yet? There's a lot of people who may say, Brother Raymond preachers have been preaching for centuries that Jesus is coming and He's still not here why isn't he here to the skeptic you ought to be thankful that he hasn't come back yet in the rapture because he is seeking to give you an opportunity to get rid of your skepticism to hear and accept the truth lost person those of you who have not trusted jesus christ be thankful he hasn't come back yet because you're still lost on the way to hell and god loves you tonight and he wants to save you and he wants you to accept him as your lord and savior believing that he died a bloody death was uh, on the cross that is was buried and rose again the third day that's what god wants tonight and that's what god deserves how sad it must be for God to think that people refuse that God wants that tonight God deserves that I'm going to tell you dear Christian you may be wondering why hasn't God come yet brother Raymond I'm tired 
I'm tired of the trials and the troubles and the tribulations and the temptations. Brother Raymond, I'm tired. Let me tell you something. God's told you to be patient, to endure, to establish your heart because by your very patience, God is using you to be an example, a testimony to those who have yet to receive Christ. God is using you to afford them another opportunity maybe to hear the gospel. Very quickly, let me give you these four points again in review. We study tonight the undeniable fact that Jesus is coming. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. God's Word says He's coming. And I believe God. Number two, I want you to see the unending endurance we are to have till He comes. I realize that there's a lot of people who look at the subject of security of the believer in a lot of different ways, different degrees, and to different extents. I understand all of that. But my friends, we ought to walk close to Jesus. Oh, Brother Raymond, how close can we walk to Jesus? Uh, uh, Brother Raymond, I, I, I want to see how far we can walk away from Jesus and still be right with God. Let me tell you something, folks. Just try to live close to Jesus as you possibly can because I don't think any of us can get uh, too spiritual. I just simply believe that we need to walk with God. Number three, I want you to see the unknown nearness of His coming. Jesus is coming and it's getting closer. Are you a date setter, Brother Raymond? No way. The Bible says no man knows the day nor the hour. So I don't know when He's coming. I just know what the Bible says and it says the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Verse 8. And then number four, and I believe this is the biggest reason, the unfailing desire of a large harvest that is coming. God is not vain. God is not some kind of person that is on an ego trip. He just simply loves people. Hear me tonight. God loves you. And if you're listening to this message and you've already received Christ, let that sink deep into your heart. Let it motivate you. Uh, motivate you. Let it challenge you to go and share that message with a lost and dying world. If you're lost or you're backslidden, God loves you. And He wants to change your life and change your eternal destiny. Let me try to bring this to a close. Why has Jesus not yet come? The Father hadn't told Him to. You say, when will He do it? I don't know. But in His mercy, grace, and love, dear child of God, He is using you to afford lost people another opportunity to repent and believe the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and accept Him as their personal Lord and Savior. Listen to 2 Peter. I came across this and reading it this week in 2 Peter 3.15. An account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved Paul, brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. Notice what he says. The long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Who's that last person going to be that gets saved? Who's going to be the last convert? I don't know. But I guarantee you, it is in God's long suffering and mercy that has granted us another opportunity for salvation. This is why we must be patient and endure in the faith till the Lord comes. Dear child of God, God is not trying to make it tough on you. Rather, He is simply trying to give the lost, those who haven't received Christ like you have, as much time as possible, as many opportunities as possible to repent and believe. Why? Because He wants the largest harvest possible. No, Jesus has not yet come. However, as someone else once says, delay 
does not mean denial. I want to ask you a question. There have been a lot of people who have died in recent weeks from this COVID-19 coronavirus uh, going around. Since it began, thousands of people have died. Thousands of people across this world. Now, these thoughts are often apocalyptic. That word apocalyptic is where we get our word apocalypse from. Okay, It's from a Greek word apocalypsis, which means revelation or to reveal or to unveil. That's what the book of Revelation is about. But the book of Revelation or prophecy, Bible prophecy in general, should never scare you. It should never make you uneasy. Because the book of Revelation, the, the revealing, the unveiling, if you will, it shows us the blessings that God has for those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, having turned from our sin. It tells us of the wrath that we're going to miss out on because we've trusted in Him. It also reminds us of the wrath and judgment those who have refused Jesus Christ will go through. You said, Brother Raymond, why are you saying all of this? Well, first of all, because God's laid it upon my heart. And I believe with all of my heart that we need to be reminded as Christians that we need to persevere to be encouraged and hang in there, hold on to the Lord and be faithful and not fall away. But I also preach this message to remind all of you who are backslidden or have never come to Jesus Christ and been saved that your time is running out. If this COVID-19 virus had attacked you and you died and you didn't know Jesus Christ, where would you be? I have to be faithful to the Lord and tell you exactly that if you died without Jesus Christ, whether it be from COVID-19 or any other reason, you'd be in hell at this very moment. I don't delight in saying that. Listen, folks, when I hear of people dying, I, I think about did they know the Lord? Not being judgmental, but just simply knowing that the greatest thing in their life is knowing Jesus Christ. And if they rejected Him, the only alternative is a place called hell. Yes, there is a heaven. And yes, there is a hell. And what you do with Jesus will determine which one you go. I trust that you don't refuse Him, but that you receive Him as your Lord and Savior. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I ask You tonight that You be glorified in this message. I pray that in the, in, in the midst of all of this, that You will remind all of these children of God of what lies ahead for them. Lord, what lies ahead for each and every one of us that knows You. And Lord, we're looking forward to getting to be with You in heaven. And, and that's what really makes heaven is being with You. So Lord Jesus, I pray that You'll encourage every child of God, every believer, remind them that they must endure, persevere, establish their heart, being strong in the Lord in these days. Dear God, I beg you tonight, would you please speak to that, that child of God who's, who's backslidden, going away from you. God, I pray that they will repent of their sins and come back home. And then, Lord, I pray, Lord, tonight, for the person who's never been saved, maybe someone is watching and they're even skeptical of what I'm going to say or have said tonight. Lord, would you remind them that you love them and that this preacher loves them? And that we want to see you see them saved, Lord. And I pray that you speak to their heart. Lord, I pray that you would help us to rise up as a mighty army who will preach the truth in love 
to a lost and dying world without compromise. Because even though you haven't come back yet, you will. So Lord, help us to be able to tell people how to be ready for when you do come. And we'll praise you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. God loves you. And as you're listening to this tonight, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, tonight is the night. He said today is the day of salvation. You can't change yesterday. Tomorrow for you may never come. Maybe you're backslidden. Would you please tell me what in the world is worth going to hell over? What's worth turning away from God for? And dear child of God, if you're a Christian, can I tell you something? I know it's tough sometimes, but you hang in there. You be strong in the Lord. You hold on to that unchanging hand as that old song says. And God will bring you through. This is Pastor Raymond Rivers of Gospel Light Free Will Baptist Church. And I'm asking you to do me a favor. If you have made a decision tonight, whether it's uh, you've gotten saved, maybe you didn't get saved, but you're at least willing to investigate and check into this claims of Christ and the Word of God. Maybe you're a backslider a slider and you've chosen to come back home to the Lord. Or, or maybe you're a Christian and you just needed to be encouraged and God has encouraged your heart tonight through His Word. Would you do us a favor and send us a message? Would you please let us know what God is doing in your heart? Uh, it's very awkward, I'll be honest with you, to preach to a camera. Nobody else hardly in the, in the crowd except for the camera operator and the pianist. I'm so thankful for them. I, I'm thankful I don't have to do this all by myself. Matter of fact, I don't think I could. But we miss you. But I tell you just how much more it would be if, if you weren't in heaven. So please promise me that you'll see me there in heaven one of these days. And if you are a Christian, keep preaching the Word. This is Brother Raymond Rivers, and we love you. God bless you. Have a great week. And uh, remember, God loves you, and so do we. God bless.